Real Presence Live. It's this really powerful sense of, okay, you're seen, you're known, you're missed if you're not here. Local. It's that good crop of corn or beans or wheat or whatever it is that you do that, you know, you grow it, you grow it to the Lord, and if it doesn't come about, you just have to be patient and say, well, there's always next year. Engaging. Evangelization is the fruit of the love of God being poured into the hearts of Jesus' friends. Live. This is our charism, to be witnesses of Jesus' real presence in the Eucharist. And good morning. I'm Heather Caro. And I am Joe Rutten. Are you sure, Joe? That's me, Heather. It's Joe Rutten. Joe Rutten. Live from Marty College. There we go. There's the energy. <laughs> how we doing, Heather? Good. How are you? Good, good. You want to uh, kick this thing off with prayer? Or how do you want to get started? Yes, let's do a prayer. Let's begin. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. God has created me to do him some definite service. He has committed some work to me which he has not committed to another. I have my mission. I may never know it in this life, but I shall be told it in the next. I am a link in a chain, a bond of connection between persons. He has not created me for naught. I shall do good. I shall do his work. I shall be an angel of peace, a preacher of truth in my own place, while not intending it, if I do but keep his commandments. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. That's, That's one of my favorite prayers. Do you know epic. who it is? No. I'm going to guess Mar- Mount Marty. Well, it is not Mount Marty. It wouldn't Marty. be Mount not, either. No, it would be Martin Marty. Martin the Marty. The Mount is named after. <laughs> uh, it is the not St. <laughs> Benedict, which is yeah. uh, uh, the spirit of the college. Uh, it is uh, Cardinal Newman, oh. who's going to be beatified, right? So, Oh, he's getting sanctified. He's going all the way to the top. So we're going to just going to go. Yeah, he's going to get ST in front of his name. ST. So Newman's the bomb. He's yeah, flat out. That's awesome, a great so. prayer. Yeah, it's a great prayer. There's a second component to it. Yep. That gets even more serious. It's like really? you know what? When life's rough, the Lord's even got a plan in that. So people can look it so, up. Yep. Newman. Love it. Love it. Love it. Well, here we are, Heather. We are in Yankton, South Dakota, folks. We are listening to Real Presence Live and Joe Rudden. You've invited us into Mount Marty College, and we're sitting in your office. You might hear students cruising by because college has started. Today's the first day of class here at Mount Marty. I know it's uh, it's one of those days. As a professor, you teach. You have a different schedule. Uh, I teach uh, starting tomorrow, so my first day is tomorrow. But uh, a number of the professors are kicking it off and getting ready themselves today. So it was hard to get get one of them to stop by today. But I think we got a we got a guest coming up that's a fantastic uh, oh, professor good. down here at Mount Marty that will join us. And the kids are excited, and so am I. Well, so. good. Well, good. And we're going to have more time to catch up with you, Joe, after our first interview because I'm sure a lot of people want to know who the heck is this guy. Me. Yeah. Maybe. I'm not just, you know, I know Sioux Falls, Eastern South Dakota, knows (laughs) Joe Rutten really well. (laughs) But, uh, you know, branching out a little bit from there, we're going to teach North Dakota and Wyoming, Wisconsin, and Minnesota all about Joe Rutten. Amen, sister. (laughs) Let's do it. Let's get to our guest, though. Well, we need to get our preview Uh because he's going to tell us everything that's going on in the show. Aaron in Fargo. Good morning, Aaron. Well, good morning. How are you guys today? Joe wanted to skip you. Oh. 
well, you know, I'm like, let's get this thing let's going, go. baby. Let's Come go. on. He's ready. He is. He's fired up. That's He's great. ready. What do you got for us this morning, Aaron? Absolutely. Well, we've got some great guests on the on the show today. We've got Dr. Jason Heron. He's going to be talking about the momentum at the mound. He's right there at Mount Marty College. We've got a little bit of host banter coming up here. We're going to get to know Joe a little bit more. We've also got Father Scott, trainer from the diocese there, to uh, take your comments and questions on faith during Straight Talk. Then in the second hour, we'll have a great inspirational story from Brenda Wills on what it means to really come back to the Catholic Church. And that'll be during our Inspired Sharing Your Journey. Then we'll be following up with Father Mark Lichter and Father Terry Anderson on Two Old Priests on a a Bike. And Ryan Peterson's going to be talking about the Nights on Bikes. It's going to be a fun show today. We're looking forward to it. All this coming up here on Real Presence Live. Right back to you guys. All right. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, guys. It's a busy morning, Joe, it's gonna be but busy. I think you can handle it. Amen. Amen. Well, let's get on to our first guest this morning. Dr. Jason Heron is with us this morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks How are you? Me. I'm doing very well. Very Good. well. Good. So, Joe, you know him a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jason and I met a number of years back. His father was pastor to uh, my wife and her family, uh, but Protestant pastor Mm -hmm. Uh, my wife's a convert to the faith and so i'd known uh jason's family and mostly his parents for for many years my wife converted to the catholic faith and at some point uh come to find out jason uh their son had converted and and uh eventually their parents converted and so when his mother and father converted i was able to walk with them through their journey and uh because of that when it came time to see if there was somebody interested in uh, coming and teaching moral theology at mount marty the first person that came to mind was jason and the lord put it on his heart to pick his family up and move from dayton ohio uh with with his family and come join us so he's been down here for two years he'll be starting his third year with me at mount marty college as a moral theologian wow so how's yankin treating you uh the longer i'm here the more i like it yeah and i like it Kind of when I first moved here, <laughs> Jason. Uh, Jason's a local kid that got out and was like, "Nope, not going back to South Dakota. I'm not going to do it." I went to high school at Roosevelt, okay, uh, in Sioux Falls. So I didn't ever imagine myself coming back to South Dakota. Not because I hated South Dakota, let alone Yankton. But I married a girl from Maine. Okay. And I went to Maine and thought this is where I want to be, and now I live in Yankton, <laughs> and it's Joe's fault, <laughs> and, uh, and I'm happy about that. Yeah, it's yeah. a great place. So it's you teach moral place. theology. Well, my training's in moral theology, but at a school this size, uh-huh. uh, most theologians who are specialized, wherever they're specialized, historical theology, systematic theology, whatever it is, you have to be a generalist. So I, I teach a variety of classes, but okay. yeah, my specialty is in moral theology and Catholic social teaching. So, uh, and tell us a little bit about your family. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, I heard I heard you have a couple kids. I have a couple kids, uh, a couple times three. Uh, <laughs> we have six kids, Margot, Eloise, James, Thomas, Francis, and Lily. And uh, my wife's name is Hannah. And also, uh, I have a mother-in-law who lives with us. So oh, cool. we have a very full house uh, here in Yankton. It's great. It's great. Wow. So 
when we first got started, we talked about uh, the momentum at the Mount. That was in our preview. You and Joe are leading the momentum at the Mount. What is this movement? How can we explain it to our listeners? I, I would qualify that a little bit. I don't know if we're leading this thing, but we're <laughs> yeah. a part of the team. I think yeah. Mark Long, the president, might. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, there is. Uh, we're right in the middle of it. But certainly, it's it's a college. It's not just these two hooligans, but uh, yeah, it's Jason's Dr. Long's. Im- yeah, it's Jason's an important component to uh, the theological proposal but yeah dr long has placed the the benedictine leadership institute kind of at the center of the of the college Mm -hmm. and so through his vision we've we've uh decided to um work to have a greater regional impact i think just on the practical level but then also uh to kind of revitalize the faculty and staff's commitment to the catholic benedictine liberal arts tradition and then really to provide the students with a way to more fully engage reality and especially their own humanity. And so the momentum is, is in that direction, towards a greater regional impact and, and towards a, a robust Catholic Benedictine liberal arts experience here where students are, I think, um, provoked to, to become more fully human. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's the ideal, at least, but I'm a theologian, so I get to speak about ideals. Well, but even as a theologian, you say that, like, really, you know, that, that to become more human... Uh, Peter Drucker is a uh, you know world-renowned um, kind of father of modern-day leadership, almost mm-hmm. uh, a, a business uh, leadership, and he would say that leadership, simply by definition, is about becoming human. Hmm. That uh, fundamentally, we're not born in the full realization of the capacity of our humanity, hmm. and that we need to become that right, and that this is a process that unfolds before us in the moments of our day that make up the totality of our life. And so what is education is really at the heart of the conversation. Are we here just sending out people to go get jobs? Or are we here helping people become who it is that they're created to be? And so the the Benedictine Leadership Institute, its curriculum, its other initiatives, really it fundamentally is about helping young people uh, become who they're created to be. And that's simply fuller humans. Yeah, the, the whole pedagogical strategy is just St. Irenaeus's quote, that the glory of God is the human person fully alive. Mm-hmm. That's that's really, that's all we're shooting for. It happens to be, you know, the moon, but that's all <laughs> we're shooting for. It's just the human person fully alive. Goals. So yeah. on, a, on a more tangible level, what does that look like in action at Mount Marty? Mm. Well, I think you first would want to begin with curriculum um, and just thinking about, all right, uh, academically, what might this look like? And then you say, well, academics is a part of a student's experience, but mm-hmm. there's a lot, there's a fuller experience than just simply the intellectual work and mm-hmm. the pursuit of truth. Um, there's, you know, athletics and there's student activities and there's a life lived right. fully outside of simply the classroom or the intellectual pursuit. But we hope that the first priority of the student, their calling actually while they're here, is actually toward the intellectual pursuit. Right, right. I think that the curricular piece is important, but it's it's not the whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so my, part of my role here is, is a theologian is to, of course, teach the, the theology curriculum, but then also to develop and, and partner with um, others in developing uh, an integrated approach to to the Mount Marty experience so that you don't really have uh, well the key word is silos in uh, John Paul II's uh, great letter Ex Corde Ecclesiae 
he, he cautions us against siloing the areas of, of colleges and universities. And so uh, the BLI, uh, it might sound not very practical, sort of abstract, but the BLI is involved in tearing down silos. Uh, What's the BLI? Oh, sorry, the Benedictine Leadership Institute. Yeah, okay. we, by acronym we call it the right. BLI. Sorry, sorry, that's just habit. Right. <laughs> I, I haven't said Benedictine Leadership Institute in years. <laughs> <laughs> and so, Heather, that's what I'm the director of. I, right. I'm the director of the Benedictine Leadership Institute, Faculty of Theology, and so I have a part-time appointment to faculty. I teach part-time, and then I'm the director of the institute part-time. And Professor Heron's a full-time uh, faculty member that um, participates in the institute's uh, work not just academically, but in other areas as well as we right. seek to grow uh, the impact and the destruction of yeah. silos. Right. Well, let's destroy <laughs> academic <laughs> silos. I'm I'm fine with grain <laughs> silos. Oh, taller. Right, right, right. Those are okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Taller. Yeah, we listeners. like grain silos. Yeah, I love grain silos. Well, if you're just tuning in, we're um, broadcasting this morning Real Presence Live from Mount Marty College in Yankton, South Dakota. Joe Rutten here is my co-host. We're talking with Dr. Jason Heron, and we're talking about the movement at the mount or the momentum at the mount. And I also have. We've been talking a lot about the Benedictine Leadership Institute. Let's dive into that a little bit, Joe. Well, the Institute was founded by the Benedictine Sisters of Sacred Heart Monastery, our sponsoring institution, 15 years ago. They uh, gave a generous gift of a million dollars to endow this institute. And over the course of the 15 years, it's been used for a number of different initiatives. And the new president, uh, well, not the president, Mark Long, when he was new four years ago, said, let's take and use this as a, as a renewal initiative to anchor the Benedictine mission into the heart of the college. And so they said, well, let's think about what this looked like and what we might do with it. And two years later, they hired me to come in and help uh, develop a team to carry forward uh, a renewed vision for the Institute. So it's got an academic component, freshman theology and sophomore ethics philosophy. We're rebooted into Benedictine leadership one and two. From those comes experiential learning to the Grand Canyon and to the Rocky Mountains for the entire freshman and sophomore mm. student body. And then outside of that, the Institute works to partner with other areas of the college to, uh, to carry forward the mission of the college. And then there's a third component that we call technically the work of human ecology. How can the college and the Institute uh, work and partner to impact social institutions? particularly and currently we do a little bit of work in the area of faith and business. How can we help the institution of business do business better? Hmm. So thinking about this, you know, it's interesting that uh, you have this Benedict Leadership Institute within the college, but it's not a club. It's not a group you join. Right. You just said that all freshmen, all sophomores go on these trips. Right. Another thing that I've also noticed is the fact that um, I follow you on Facebook and Twitter and whatever, and you go out and search for leadership. You search for people to be a part of this, students to be a part of it, almost like right. you are a football coach going out and recruiting <laughs> a football player. Right. Am I, I right? I think yeah. Professor, yeah. Her yeah. Professor right. Heron would say that oftentimes in academics, no matter where you are, whether you're at the University of Dayton where he was or whether you're in a high school like O'Gorman where I was previously, um, we're always interested in making sure that the faith proposal gets a legitimate um, 
um, coverage, if you will, gets mm-hmm. gets uh, invested in like athletics or the yeah. arts or these other areas. And so I just simply said, you know, um, I think that we ought to recruit leaders to this particular project like athletics. And so they said, well, that's a good idea. <laughs> Um, that means you're going to be the one doing it. <laughs> like, well, I didn't need a third aspect of my job. So I thought, well, all right. You know, I spent 10 years in a high school, Catholic high school. I kind of know the ropes. And so they said, well, let's jump on the road and go visit the Catholic high schools and not come from the standard recruiting pro- proposal, but come, uh, come along the other side of a faith proposal and a leadership proposal that says, let's recruit people to Mount Marty, uh, particularly for this renewal initiative of Benedictine Leadership Institute. So each year there will be a handful of students that I've directly worked with to recruit to Mount Marty for this initiative, but really for the broader proposal of what is Mount Marty. And we know that culture is changed by the people, right? And so if you can bring in these rock stars, I call them, it's like, well, that just makes you a a better rock star, right? Right. And my philosophy of life is you want to do great things, surround yourself with great people. And for me, that begins with people like Jason Heron. Like, he's a fantastic professor. Like, how blessed are we to have him here with us teaching these students and and getting these other rock stars here to to join in this and i'll tell you heather and jason maybe can attribute to this most of us feel like we were called here Hmm. i don't know that we would say we took jobs as much as we responded to an invitation yeah that's true for me it was uh literally a call uh i don't know what day of the week it was i tried to uh, blanket out of my mind. It was so traumatic. Joe, Joe <laughs> called me and and I, I was like, "Who's Joe Rutten?" I was living in Ohio, uh, and then I remembered. Okay, yeah, Joe. And then he said, "Do you want a job?" And within the space of a month, our house had sold, and we were on the road to Yankton, uh, bawling, bawling our eyes out, uh, <laughs> and dragging your feet. Right. That that had that. I mean, if you <laughs> read scripture, that's the way calls feel. It's right. not like <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Jeremiah's call was not like his dream job, you know. Now, I'm not comparing myself to the prophet Jeremiah, but but being called to a work that is beyond you and that is going to happen with or without you, being invited to a work is is a strange and, and beautiful but also troubling experience. You know, the Lord is at work and he's not Santa Claus. He's... He's the Lord, so um, it's a it's a strange feeling to be to be called to something like this, but it's really fun, even right. if it's scary. Right, so and, and hopefully, what what we're uh, uh, w- the work that we're doing here is also working with young people to send them out into the world with mm-hmm. that sense mm-hmm. as well. Right, this isn't about yeah, Jason and I or the say. What's the no, ultimate goal? Like the ultimate goal is that we send out young people into the world that have a greater sense of the whole the whole of who the Lord is and, and who we are and what potentially it is that he's calling us. There's actually nothing very special about you or I. This is just the no. way the Lord works. Right. Yeah, and we want students who can recognize that right. and respond uh, with their full humanity. Right. Yeah. And then by their very nature, they transform the environments in which they live and the environments in which they will go to work and marry mm-hmm. and so that culture, you know, it's just really something special. It's sometimes hard for me to, to even realize that this is happening. But every time I see Jason, I think to myself, <laughs> only the Lord could have done this. Only right? God could make us Only friends. God yeah. could make us <laughs> <laughs> Even so, after he got you to move yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Any last thoughts before we go? We only have I don't know, Jason. Seconds. Your final your final sense of uh, the work and what what you've been about here. <coughs> well, um, the the keywords momentum. It's happening. Right. It's happening. It's not something we're planning for in the future. It's something that we're in the middle of, which uh, is as exciting and scary as anything. Wonderful. So that's great. Well, thank you for joining yeah. us this thank morning. You. It's been a thank pleasure. You. Okay, folks, when we come back, we're going to have a little bit of banter between Joe and I, and then we're going to head into straight talk. Don't forget to call in with your questions. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Built Upon a Rockfest has partnered with Rugged Rosaries for another giveaway. Nine rosaries will be given away, one each week, leading up to the concert on September 14th. These rosaries are beautiful and extremely rugged. The quality is unmatched. For a chance to win, simply like Built Upon a Rockfest posts on Facebook and Instagram. Each like gets you a chance to win. Full giveaway details can be found at builtuponarockfest.com. Good luck, and don't forget to mark your calendars for Built Upon a Rockfest on September 14th. Are you thirsting for God's love, His mercy, His forgiveness? You'll find that and so much more at the Thirst 2019 Eucharistic Conference at the Bismarck Events Center, Friday, October 25th through Sunday the 27th. Guest speakers include Dr. Edward Sree, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, Curtis Martin, and Kendra Tierney. Daily Mass, Adoration, and Confessions are available during the conference. Register now online at bismarckdiocese.com slash thirst2019 and download the Thirst app. This is Real Presence Live, where the devil is dumb, Christ is king, and the Catholic faith is taking the place of secular living as the lifestyle of choice. Good morning and welcome back. I'm Heather Caro. And I'm Joe Rutten. And we're broadcasting this morning from Mount Marty College in Yankton, South Dakota. It's been a great morning. Great interview, that last one. Yeah, yeah. Jason Harris. I can see why you drug him from Ohio. I didn't drag him. I'm telling you. This is the work of the (laughs) Lord. It really is, Heather. I, I think sometimes... Um, it's a challenge. I always say I'm a Pelagian at heart. If you don't yeah. know who Pelagius is, he's a heretic that basically believed that he was going to work to his salvation. And it's really hard for me to balance that idea that says, I'm called to do something, but it's not me that gets it done. It's the Lord. It's, yeah. it's the grace of the Holy Spirit. It's the power of Christ living in me. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a that's if I'm not spiritually fit, I quickly think that I'm the one doing this. Mm. And so I always remind myself and I always remind others that Jason Heron isn't here because I called him and he said yes to me. Mm-hmm. He's here because he responded to a call of Christ yeah. to, to a work, to a project. And so every time I see him, I'm like only, you know, yeah. miracles happen, yeah. you know, here he is. Well, there is a quote from Mother Teresa that I just love that she says that she's just the pencil in the hand of a writing God, right. writing a love letter to the world. And that's how I think it. We're just conduits. That's right, all we're right. here to do. Yep. So, Joe, tell the, tell the listeners a little bit about you. About me. Um... Oh, I don't know. Probably the first thing is uh, is that I got a big Catholic family where we got nine kid, nine brothers and sisters. There's nine total with my parents. Um, we're we're country at heart. We were born. We started in Larchwood, Iowa, kind of mm-hmm. in Dutch country up in Northwest Iowa, 
And by the time my, my brother and I came around, we're on the bottom end of the nine. I have a twin brother. Um, we had moved to the city, so we lived. We were born and raised uh, in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And in the process, my parents at some point had a conversion through the charismatic renewal mm-hmm. in the 70s somewhere. And how I say they named their kids Rick, Christy, Laura, and Shelley. Then they have Thomas... Paul, John, Joseph, and Catherine. Uh, they had a conversion in the middle somewhere. You tell me, I, tell me where. I'm not sure, but uh, and so, but with that came a real vitality of of an encounter with the faith that I think particularly I grew up with, and mm-hmm. that is uh, the, the charismatic renewal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never really was plugged into it. And I really did struggle to to find a connection to the Holy Spirit, to Christ, to. Um, and I had a conversion uh, March first, nineteen ninety six, my senior year in high school on a retreat, uh, in confession. Father Mark Lichter, I know who the priest was. I know it, and it was one of those moments that I couldn't deny. Mm-hmm. And I just looked and I thought, Wow, this is real. And so that's been kind of the the anchor of my spiritual life to say that I know God is real. I know Jesus loves me. I know that He saves me. Um, but the process of discipleship and of conversion is, has been rough for me over the years mm-hmm. um, as I've tried to live faithfully. Uh, but I made a wise decision and ended up moving into a Christian household called St. Paul's Outreach, where I lived with nine other men that helped me understand and learn what it means to be a Christian man and how to live, uh, live you know, faithfully and follow rules be yeah. obedient to people. Um, <laughs> and then it, it kind of discern, I discerned myself in the seminary where I felt that the Lord was calling me. Spent four years in Catholic seminary at St. John Vianney and St. Paul. Actually, at the same time as our next guest, uh, uh, Father Trainer, he would have been in major seminary at the time I was in minor seminary. Well, uh, I discerned out, went into Catholic education, spent a decade teaching junior and senior high schoolers theology, ethics, apologetics. Um, did some church work for a while and then started two years ago here down at Mount Marty as a theology professor and director of the Benedictine Leadership Institute. My passion is um, is uh, a, is a renewal. I don't know if a renewal is the right word. The integrated life. I believe we live compartmentalized lives mm-hmm. where we do do church on Sunday and we do prayer and in our 15 minutes or half hour prayer time we do prayer before enter like how is it that we live uh, integrated lives where we are who we are wherever we're at yeah um, whether that's at work or whether that's at church or and so I kind of live in this realm that tries to help people live better integrated lives um, and I'm very blessed to have two brothers that are priests father Paul uh, is four years older than me and he's a priest in Sioux Falls at St. Mary uh, Catholic Parish and my twin brother Father John is uh, building a new church in Harrisburg, South Dakota. So that's kind of my story and really the, the headliner is really the two brothers that are priests. I think that's what a lot of people give uh, recognition to but I'll tell you the real heart of the thing is my mother and father. They were tremendously amazing people. My mother's still alive and really is the heartbeat and spirituality mm-hmm. of our family. Wonderful. So, and for the listeners that don't know, um, 
you actually have a show that plays on Real Presence Radio. It started with Lamb Radio. It's moved on to Real Presence Radio, but it's only pl- broadcasting over the eastern South Dakota right. um, s- stations. But you can go find the podcast right. on our website. Yeah, so Rutten talk Radio. about Rutten Radio. Yeah, Rutten Radio. The two brothers and I started <laughs> a long time ago just kind of do- bantering, doing a little show actually with you, Heather. You're the, you're the reason... Uh, I don't welcome. know, for better or for worse, that <laughs> you kind of said, would you guys come be our guests? And after a show, you kind of thought, well, boy, there might be something here. And so John still yells at me I for know. that. <laughs> so you guys kept you know, getting after us saying, hey, hey, you guys want to do a show? And eventually um, we said, yeah, we enjoyed being with each other. That's really why we do it is yes. we like, we don't, you know, everybody always thinks, oh, they're your brothers, but we don't often get to be together. As you'll find out from our next guest, priests are busy, right? Yeah. They got a lot going on. And now if they're not attentive to, uh, people in their lives, you can just never see them, even if you live in the same city. And so it's a time for us once a month, we know we're going to get together and spend an hour together. That's really why we do it is because well, we love being together. It was so entertaining when I was producing this show because you guys would, you would five first five minutes of you guys sitting together would be like, what are you up to? Where are you going? Oh, you're leaving. Right, right. right. It's like, Where hey, we got been? a show to get to. <laughs> <laughs> we do have topics we're supposed to be talking about here. So it's always really entertaining to just sit back and watch. And it's good that it's only an hour because we can take just about an hour and then we're ready to be done with each other. <laughs> and we'll see you next month. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, right. Rutten Radio, it's been a treat. But this is great, a great opportunity. I'm looking forward to this, Heather, spending some time too. with you and doing a little more work here at Mount Marty College and working to get Mount Marty uh, some press coverage, too. There's great things happening Absolutely. down here in Yankton, South Dakota, and I'm excited to be a part of it. So thanks All for being right. here. Well, we're going to take a really quick break. Coming up next, what questions or comments do you have on your heart or mind about the Catholic faith? You can ask them coming up next on Straight Talk. We'll be right back. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. The only things hotter than the summer heat are the rates to run radio spots on the RPR network. That's not all. The signal of Real Presence Radio reaches an audience of over 2.1 million people across North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. Hi, this is Brett Byler, Area Account Executive with Real Presence Radio, and I want to help you grow your business in front of a very faithful customer base. Don't wait. Call me, Brett Byler, at 605 Built Upon a Rock Fest has partnered with Rugged Rosaries for another giveaway. Nine rosaries will be given away, one each week, leading up to the concert on September 14th. These rosaries are beautiful and extremely rugged. The quality is unmatched. For a chance to win, simply like Built Upon a Rock Fest posts on Facebook and Instagram. Each like gets you a chance to win. Full giveaway details can be found at builtuponarockfest.com. Good luck, and don't forget to mark your calendars for Built Upon a Rock Fest on September 14th. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network.
All right, folks, it is time for Straight Talk. It's our segment that we do every day from 9.30 to 10. I should say every Monday through Friday, 9.30 to 10, where we give you, the listeners, a chance to call in with questions that you might have on faith or current events. Our phone number is 877-795-0122. Again, the number is 877-795-0122. You can also submit any questions that you might have on Facebook. And we are thrilled, beyond thrilled, mm-hmm. to have Father Scott Trainer with us this morning. Good Absolutely. morning. Thank you for joining us. Good morning, Heather and Joe. Great to be with you. We're excited to have you. I'm, I think I might have pestered you a million times now because you're hot. He's... People want this man. Well, here's the thing: like when you end up when you end up in certain circles, and I, sometimes I even think like the challenge of it. Um, but when you end up in certain circles, and then you get a national kind of thing going, where you're kind of present to some things, you do get a lot of people probably asking. Um, firing away at you. I always think a door knocking, like you must constantly have a, uh, an email showing up from somebody for something. It's nice to be wanted. You know, <laughs> I'm a, you've heard of B-list celebrities, right? Like a, like a D or an oh, D. Oh, no, Catholic Not in the Catholic world. <laughs> oh, love it, love it, I love it. Well, for the listeners, Father, yeah. as we're waiting for calls for people to call in, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I was born at a very early age and... Uh, no. <laughs> I grew up in the Twin Cities uh, in Egan, which is a suburb okay. of St. Paul. I'm the third of three adopted children. So my mom and dad, John and Donna Trainer, had three adopted kids. My brother and sister were born in Chicago. We're not blood relatives to each other, but we're all raised from infancy in our family. And um, went to 12 years of Catholic school, St. Joe's in West St. Paul, Minnesota, and then St. Thomas Academy in the Twin Cities. Yeah. And, um, you know, my big plan for my life was I was going to grow up to be a Navy pilot. Oh, really? Yeah, from the time I think I was in junior high, because I think that's when Top Gun came out. <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. Did you see they're coming out with a new one? Uh, it just can't be more awful than the first one. <laughs> <laughs> so, as a seventh grader, Top Gun is amazing, all the flying, right? I saw, like, and like the music. T- 10 I'm years sorry. ago, I saw, like, 10 minutes of that movie. I'm like, this is the worst movie ever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just awesome. so cheesy, you know, right, like that. Right, right. Right. But the flying was really cool. Did Anyways. you have the same experience with Goonies? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> you didn't want to be a pirate hunter? Goonies, I don't know. <laughs> a treasure hunter. After my time. So anyways, uh, I, I had it in my mind going through high school that I wanted to be a Navy pilot. And I ended up with a, a Navy scholarship, which I took mm. off to Iowa State. So they were paying my way through college. And that was all going great. And uh, in the middle of my college years, and I was quite indifferent in the practice of my faith, really, from the time I got my driver's license. But my sophomore year of college, uh, I started dating a a very devout Catholic girl, and through her met a lot of very sincere Christians at Iowa State. And a lot of them were like non-denominational evangelical types. Mm -hmm. And something that really stood out to them, about them to me, was their joy. And I wouldn't have been able to name it as a sophomore in college, but that's what it was. They had real Christian joy. And they were like normal people with real lives. Like sometimes their life was going great. Sometimes their life was really going rough. But in good times and bad, they had this abiding joy, which I first thought was a little weird. Like there's something weird about these people. (laughs) Uh, But then very quickly became quite attractive. Hmm. And in my own way, I would take one or another of these friends aside and like, like, what's your deal? What is it <laughs> like about you? And uh, it, as if they all went to the same training camp or something, they would all ask me, well, Scott, do you know Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior? Yeah. And I'm like, 
do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I took a lot of religion classes growing up, and, <laughs> and I didn't really even understand what the, what the question meant. Right. Uh, but I'm so grateful to those friends and their witness and their encouragement to simply start taking time to pray and talk to God like you talk mm. to a trusted friend, take time for a steady diet of the Word of God and let the Word to go, go to work in you. And I started doing that a little bit here, a little bit there. And uh, God really started to work. So I uh, come to the end of my sophomore year, and I had uh, a month of training out with the Navy out in San Diego, and I had a, a month where I was supposed to be doing work with my fraternity, and I had a month with, uh, that was free. And I ended up volunteering at a Bible camp in Detroit Lakes, Minnesota, a place called Camp Castaway, run by Young Life. And that was a, a pivotal month in my life. Um, we had, as our little work group, uh, a, a Bible study where we were reading through Paul's letter to the Ephesians, and I just felt ridiculous because I'm, I'm reading this letter. I'm like, guys, guys, do, do you see what he says here? Do you see what he says? Like, just read the first chapter of the letter of the Ephesians. It's powerful. It's amazing. And there's just a grace in that moment where the word of God was coming alive for me hmm. and changing my life. And uh, so I'm there for four weeks. The staff volunteers for a month. And on Monday of the third week, I woke up and these were my waking thoughts. God has a plan for my life. Hmm. That's how I'm going to be most happy. And I've never asked God what that plan is. I have my plans, and they're going really well, you know, as leading a good life. But I've never asked God what his plan is. And I think I should do that. And I want to do that. And the more I thought about it, the happier I was getting. Aww. So this is what, I wake up on a Monday morning, this is what's going on. I come to lunch, and there was a guy, skinny, on the, on the lawn crew, who comes over to me as we're eating our hot dogs. And he's like, hey, your name's Scott. There's like 100 staff people. We hadn't really hung out much. He's like, your name's Scott, right? I'm like, yeah, skinny. Yeah. And uh, he says, I think you're supposed to have this. Now, Skinny is a Calvinist. <laughs> okay. And he, he hands me this thing. He says, this, my, this came in a package from my, my mom today. I think you're supposed to have it. No way. Yeah. And it's the prayer of Cardinal Newman. You know, famous Catholic convert. <laughs> You've you got to be kidding. No. That's and what it we prayed like, this morning. That's how we opened this. The, like, God has created me for some particular purpose. He's entrusted. Yeah. It's that prayer that Skinny hands to me. This show started with that wow. prayer. Wow. There you go. That's there great. You go. <laughs> And so, so, so you get the prayer. So, yeah, and I'm like, oh, it's right. true. God really has a plan for my life, and I need to ask him what it is. So, you know, I'm with all my uh, evangelical friends there at camp, and I was like, what do, what do I do with this? I'm like, mm. oh, you should go do mission work. I'm like, okay, well, what, what do you do for mission work? And like, you know, you go build huts and land right, markers, right. and they're like, okay. So I go home, and uh, I... I called the Navy and I said, hey, can I get a leave of absence for a year? I want to go do some mission work and ask God what he has planned for my life. And they're like, no. Right. It's the Clinton administration. They're downsizing. They're oh. like, if you don't come back this fall, you lose your scholarship and we're sending you a bill for $30,000. Like, oh, are you sure oh. I can't get a leave of absence for a year? No. Well, I'm sorry. Okay. So we started the paperwork to get me kicked out of the Navy. And in the meanwhile, I'm calling around to the mission folks, you know, like all the hut builders. And they don't want anything to do with me, yeah. either because I don't have the right background, which means you're Catholic and we're not a Catholic organization, or uh, you haven't finished college or whatever it was. They just doors slamming all over the place. And I was, of course, getting a little discouraged by that. But along the way, in those uh, two weeks that I was home after camp, uh, I heard about Net Ministries, the National Evangelization Teams, which is a Catholic yeah. youth retreat ministry based out of the Twin Cities. And a lot, what I heard about them sounds a lot like what Young Life does, except they travel in a team for a year and do these things, putting on retreats for junior and senior high school students. And uh, so I called up Net and I asked to apply. And they're like, well, Scott, we, uh, 
we, you know, we had our recruiting like six months ago, so we're full up for the year. I'm like, no, I really need something to do for this fall. I've kind of dismantled my life. And, I'm, <laughs> and I said, I only live 15 minutes away. I'll drive over and pick up an application. Wow. And uh, so I did. And to make a long story short, uh, I was accepted uh, to net as a missionary for that year uh, on the day that musicians training started. So five days later, I packed up my bags and went off to net training. And that changed my life. Wow. At net, uh, we had, of course, daily mass. I made my first confession since my first confession. Wow. Since second grade. That was a life-changing experience, as you can imagine. We had daily Eucharistic adoration and beautiful praise and worship. And, uh, and then just good teachings and the basics of the faith. And again, like scripture, it's like, oh, all the stuff that I'm sure I was taught growing up right. was coming alive. And I'm like, this is the most amazing thing in the world. Where's this been my whole life? Well, it's been, I've been in the right. middle of it, not right. paying attention. Right. And uh, it was amazing. And then the work of doing retreats. So seeing how powerfully God would work in the lives of these young people as we went and uh, gave our talks and led our small groups and uh, prayed with them. It was, it was just amazing. So it was in the course of that year that I awoke to a desire for mm. priesthood, and uh, the rest is history. Wow. That's, That's awesome. Amazing. I've never heard that before. That mm. is a fantastic story, Father. Thanks. Well, if you're just tuning in, this is Straight Talk. We have Father Scott Trainer with us this morning. He is here to answer any questions that you might have on the faith. Our number is 877-795-0122. Again, the number is 877 877- Seven nine five zero one two two. You can submit any questions on Facebook. One of my friends actually just submitted a, f- a question via text to me. She said she's feeding her baby mm-hmm. and can't call. <laughs> so <laughs> she wants to know how can you tell when you're doing enough? When there is so much to do, like daily mass, confession, novenas, rosaries, adoration, daily personal prayer, how can you be sure what you choose is enough? Right. Well, that's a fantastic question. You know, uh, a lot of times, I'm 19 years a priest, as ordained in 2000, and I hear again and again people like, oh, Father, I know you're so busy, but da 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 mm-hmm. And I just, I kind of have an allergic reaction to that because oh. I'm not busy. Mm-hmm. Now, I have something to do all the time, all right. but I have all the time in the world to do everything that God is asking me to do. And this is true of every person, oh, right? Wow. When we feel the pressure and the crush of busyness, which our world feeds into so right. easily, right? Because there's so many things competing for our time and energy and attention. When we feel that, I want to take a step back and go back to what's most important. Like, so here's your friend's mother. Like, God, I want to live my vocation well and become a saint according to your plan. If that's the desire that I keep going back to in my heart... And then I can just be honest with God. Like, I got a million things that I'm behind on here. Mm. And then there's all these other, like, good things that I could be doing that I feel bad that I'm not doing. And just step back and say, God, you know my heart's desire. You've given me this desire to grow in relationship with you, to live a life of virtue and holiness. You show me today what it looks like for me to love you with Mm. my whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. And one of the beauties of our Catholic faith is that there's such a rich array of methods of prayer and beautiful devotions and things to come to know about the lives of the saints and the teachings of the church and the writings of the popes. I mean, there's just no end to it. Right. And thank God we're destined for eternity. We'll have, you know, like time's not going to be a limit. Right. (laughs) And, but day by day, it can be like a little overwhelming. So if a person is a little uh, unsure or stressed out about, well, what should I be doing today? Like ask God, God, here's my desire. 
you show me what this looks like today. Like, what are the means that will be most helpful for me today to grow in relationship with you and to carry out the responsibilities that you've entrusted to me? And please, God, make it clear and make it simple and make <laughs> right. it easy. Clear. And the other thing about that that's is... That's an important part. I need to write that down. That's a great prayer. That's a great prayer. Make it clear, make it simple, make it easy. And, and is it not that if it is God's will, that potential, the easy one, right? You say clear, simple, easy. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I think there's this idea that says if it's good, it's hard work. Right. Mm. Is that right. a false, right. um, is that a kind of a false mm. concept of spirituality? Yeah. Well, Joe, in the last segment, you were confessing to be a Pelagian at heart. Right. right? right and this right, is actually right. part and parcel of that mentality, right? right? Like, oh, if it's harder, it must be better. Right. And that's not really true. Um, because, you know, Jesus says this very clearly in John chapter 15, apart from me, you can do nothing. And if you read the ver those verses, verses 1 to 11, like 14 or 15 times in a few verses, he's, he keeps it urging us, remain in my love, remain in my love, remain in my love. So if I go back to uh, the place where I'm aware of and uh, sensing God's love for me, that's where uh, God is going to be able to direct and inspire and sustain my action the way that he wants it. He's going to bring a holy ordering to the stuff of my daily life. Uh, so that there is a greater ease in it, right. which doesn't always mean it's just going to be easy. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes God calls us to things and that's going to involve suffering and trial, but it's not going to be burdensome unto death. Jesus is clear mm -hmm. that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So it may be really hard. It may be work. Like think of the, uh, the disciples coming back from Emmaus seven miles in the middle of the night mm -hmm. when they met Jesus after the resurrection and they recognized him in the breaking of the bread. That's still walking. Like I have seven more miles to right. walk and I'm sure their legs are tight. It was work, right. but it was joy-filled work. Well, and I've, I've often found in my own personal life that if you include God in those things, mm -hmm. you, it might be difficult, but you have peace mm -hmm. on the journey with you. Right. And, the, and you mentioned earlier joy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe even just following that up, is there... Uh, is there a means by which you discern or sense those um, that you are living in God's will, that you are living in his love? Like you said, joy. Is joy, yeah. is joy one of the signs that says, yep, I'm where I'm supposed to be or doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Yeah, I, would, I point to all the fruits of the Holy Spirit. So Galatians 5, 20, 5, 22, the fruits of the Holy Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, gentleness, faithfulness, understanding, and self-control. Right. And those fruits of the Holy Spirit are going to be present when I'm doing what God is asking me to do the way mm -hmm. that he wants me to do it. So, you know, in our Catholic faith, both what I'm doing and the way I'm doing it matter. And God wants to lead me in his consoling love, both to know what to do and the way to go about it. And if I'm saying yes to that, uh, the fruits of the Holy Spirit will be a, the fruit of the Holy Spirit will be abounding. Right. Well, we've got actually calls coming in. We've got two people on the line, so we're going to go to our first caller, Heidi. She's from Omaha. Heidi, are you with us? Yes, I am. And you have a question for Father Scott. Go for it. I I do. So recently, I've heard that the Superior General of the Jesuits has um, gone on record as um, denying the personal reality of the devil and sort of. Um, saying that he's more of a symbol of evil. Mm -hmm. So what I'm wondering is, is that a heretical position to be taking? And and then if it is, what's the response? I mean, is there a response that can be made against the Superior General of the Jesuits? Sure. So it's a great question. Um, I, and I, would I would distinguish two things. So in terms of the teaching <laughs> of the Church, it is clearly a doctrine and a dogma of the faith that Satan, the devil, is a personal being. 
all the angels are personal beings and the fallen angels, the rebellious angels led by Satan is a personal being. So he's a, he's an intellect and a will, an angelic being, a personal being. And that's a clear and uh, unquestioned doctrine and dogma of the faith. So to directly and formally deny that truth is a heretical position. I want to distinguish that truth from the quote from the Jesuit Superior General, which was all over the news the other day. And, it, you know, as I read the quote from him, uh, it's clear that English is not his first language. Right. And, you know, his spokesman was clear from some controversy a couple of years ago that, look, uh, the Superior General, like every other Catholic, holds and affirms all the truths of the Catholic faith. So I think we are obliged in charity to give the most favorable understanding, give him the benefit of the doubt that maybe he wasn't expressing himself with precision or uh, perfection in a second or third language and hope for the best that way. But in fact, to deny that Satan is a personal being is a heretical position and it's contrary to the Catholic faith. Did that answer your question, Heidi? That does. Very good. But I also want to sort of follow and push in and just, um, so we also know now that a lot of Catholics are sort of falling away from their belief of the in the true presence of Christ, too. Mm. Um, do you see that there's just sort of this weakening in the teachings of these spiritual realities that are really making it hard for those of us in the pews to sort of hang on to our, our, our beliefs in the true presence and, and sort of these spiritual realities? Look, there can be a lot of indifference to uh, the central and life-giving truths of the Church. Um, and I understand how that can uh, discourage people in the pews. But, you know, my faith in the Holy Eucharist is not going to be shaken by many people's indifference to it. Because I've had that experience. It has made all the difference in my life to encounter Christ, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Blessed Sacrament. And there's just, you know, in good times and in bad, in the human realities of the Church, there's nothing that's going to separate me from that gift, no matter what, mm -hmm. you know? And, you know, if, if the church were outlawed and I'm going to be persecuted and thrown in jail for my belief and celebration of the Blessed Sacrament, well, bring it on. I mean, that's just not <laughs> going to separate me from this life because I can't live apart from that. And that's just the way that God has worked in my life. And I'm so grateful for it. So I agree that it can be a discouraging environment in a lot of ways for today. But we want to pray because God and the gift of his Holy Spirit gives us encouragement. Like, courage is at the heart of encouragement. And it takes strength and fortitude to persevere in knowing, doing what is good and true and beautiful when there's not a lot of cultural support, or maybe even among our family and friends, a lot of support for what I know is true and what God has made clear to me through the teachings of his church and has come alive in my own heart. So I think it's incumbent upon myself and other people who have been blessed to have their lives uh, just transformed by the beauty of our Catholic faith to give that witness mm -hmm. and to not only seek to be encouraged ourselves, to be, but to be encouragement for our brothers and sisters who we know might be having difficulty. All right. Well, thanks, Heidi, for that question. We appreciate it. Uh, we are still taking calls. The number is 877-795-0122. You can submit questions on Facebook also. We're heading over to our second caller, Morgan from Minnesota. Morgan, are you on with us? Hello. Good morning. You have a question for Father Scott? Yes. What's your question this morning, Morgan? Why should we believe in Catholic beliefs? 
Why should we believe what Catholics believe? Well, How old are you, Morgan, just for the listeners? Eight. Eight. Okay. Wow. Cool. <laughs> hmm. How do I want to explain that to an eight-year-old? That's a great question, right? <laughs> well, look, what's true and what it, whatever is true brings us closer to God and brings us real happiness and joy and good things in our lives. So if I want happiness and joy and good things in my life, I want to choose to believe what God has said is true and has entrusted to his church to teach to all people. Uh, It's just a great blessing when I start to believe, say yes, to what God has shown us is true. Uh, I can say for myself that when I started to realize that what the church teaches is true, it made a real difference in my life and brought a tremendous amount of happiness and joy and adventure and good things into my life. And I'm so grateful for the truths of of our faith. Now, there's a lot of things that we believe by faith that we can't just know by thinking about them. Right? It goes beyond about what I can figure out on my own. And that's a gift. And we always want to pray that God, who has given us the gift of faith, would strengthen the gift of faith so that we can know him as a good friend and that we can know that what he says is true. So from the day of your baptism, you were given the gift of faith and you want to ask God to strengthen and bring that gift alive every day. Did that answer your question, Morgan? Yes. All right. Well, thanks for calling in with your question. Thank you. All right. Have a good day. Okay, folks, there's still a little bit of time left. If you have a question for Father Scott Trainer, you can give us a call at 877-795-0122. Again, the number is 877-795-0122. Or you can submit any questions that you might have on Facebook. So on Straight Talk, you never really know what you're going to get, Father. Never know. (laughs) So as a priest, is that ever nerve-wracking? No, it's great. I mean, anyone who's coming, like, you know, there's a lot of things that could keep someone or make them hesitant Mm -hmm. about approaching a priest, like an official person of the church, with whatever question they have, whether they're in the church or out of the church, right? There's a Mm -hmm. lot of things that you can understand why someone might be hesitant or whatever to do that. So mm-hmm. whenever someone comes with a good question, whatever it might be, any question, yeah. you really have to reverence the fact that like, hey, they have this interest and desire. Right. And that desire or curiosity that's sparking the question, God's going to be at work in the middle of that. And there's a way to capitalize on that opportunity to help the person receive more of what God is doing in their life. Yeah. Well, And I love straight talk for the fact that, you know, I always try to encourage the listeners, no question is too simple. Right. Sometimes, you know, some of the simplest things that we do every Sunday or at every Mass, they just do out of habit. Mm -hmm. And it's always good to learn. There's always something to learn. That's right. (laughs) And as I was saying earlier, like in our Catholic faith, even very simple things, if you really start digging, like, well, why do we do this? Mm -hmm. There's just an ocean of depth behind so many aspects of our faith. Mm -hmm. And it's really uh, a great treasure. It's hard to exhaust. Impossible to exhaust, really. It is. Oh, I turned you down, Joe. Sorry. I'm here. <laughs> well, folks, there are just a few minutes left. 877-795-0122 is the phone number. 877-795-0122. Looks like we have another caller on the line. We're going to give him just a minute to get squared away um, before we head to that. So how are things 
in Yankton for you? I love Yankton. I've been here for just two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've been through Yankton a lot. I, we have a wonderful retreat center in our diocese, Broomtree Retreat Center, which is just about 15 miles away from Yankton. And over my whole priesthood, I've done a lot of work there. So I'm in Yankton a lot mm-hmm. when I'm up at Broomtree. So to be assigned here as pastor is tremendous. It's a oh, great yeah. community. Uh, it's There's a hidden treasure with the Lewis and Clark Lake and right. that whole recreation area down in town here. And uh, it's amazing. So I love it. Good. Love it, love it. Well, and one of the things I always find it very interesting, each priest has his own forte, you know, and yours tends to be retreats. How did you first get into... Um, really enjoying leading retreats or do you enjoy leading retreats? I do. No, I love them. So just for your listeners, I've had, um, so for 15 years, I've directed the 30 day spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius Loyola for seminarians, priests, and religious each summer out at Broomtree. And that grew out of a lot of other, uh, retreat work, leading silent directed retreats. So I got involved in the work of spiritual direction, I was blessed with a tremendous spiritual director, Father John Horn, who is one of the founders of the Institute for Priestly Formation. And shortly after I was ordained, people started asking, like, well, Father, would you be available for spiritual direction? I'm like, well, I don't know if I can do that. Like, I'm two months ordained. (laughs) So I called (laughs) Father John, like, hey, Father John, I'm getting asked to be a spiritual director. Can I do that? He's like, well, you have to start sometime. So uh, it's just been an unexpected and great gift that God's brought into my priesthood. And it's really out of that that the invitation to be a speaker and give conferences and lead retreats in other ways has grown. Wonderful. Well, we've only got a few minutes and we've got another caller on the line. Paul from Yankton is on the line. Paul, you have a question for Father Trainer. Good morning, Paul. I do. Good morning, Father Trainer. Good to see you at Mass this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, my question is in regard to your priesthood and I'm discerning the priesthood, and I know there are different kinds of priesthoods in religious life and diocesan and way of life, and I was just wondering if you, uh, how you went about uh, choosing the diocesan way of life for your priesthood. Thanks, Paul, for the question. You know, uh, when I first started pursuing the priesthood, uh, I was actually looking at a religious order, the Legionaries of Christ. So my experience in NET was in such a strong community uh, that uh, you know, I was drawn to the priesthood, but I was thinking, oh, you know, the life of an average parish priest isn't surrounded by a, a strong community. Mm. And so naturally, I was looking at religious orders of priests. And uh, I saw a pamphlet at World Youth Day in Denver in 1993 from the Legion. It's like, do you want to con- <laughs> conquer the world for Christ? <laughs> and I'm like, yes, I want to conquer the world for Christ. So I started looking into them. But as I went out for the summer candidacy, I realized that uh, what was drawing me to priesthood was really the mission of the parish priest, which is different than priesthood in religious orders, which are surrounded around a particular charism. And that my desire for community was really based out of fear. And that fear has nothing to do with God's will for us because perfect love, which is God, casts out all fear. And so that really set me free to pursue parish priesthood with the diocese as opposed to, you know, being concerned about what would happen without a strong community of brother priests in a religious order. For those who are drawn to a religious order, that's really going to revolve around uh, the charism of that particular institute. What was the inspiration that was given to the founder or the founders? And what are the works that express that gift of the Holy Spirit around which the community is organized? And that's either going to be a good fit, like someone who's dating, like, oh, yes, that's the fit for me, or it's not. And that can take some time and effort to sort that out and can really only be sorted out by spending time with those communities. Um, but the parish priesthood, I was like, yeah, the, I want to conquer the world for Christ. And that needs to happen on the parish in the middle of every town in every diocese. And that's where God led me. All wow. right. Does that answer your question, Paul? 
Yes, very all much right. so. Thank well, you. Well, thank you for calling in. Well, folks, that's all the time we have this morning for Straight Talk. It was a quick one. That was quick. That was really quick. Uh, I think people like to hear your opinion, Father. Happy to be here. Thanks so much for the invitation. <laughs> Thank you for joining us this morning. And just a remember, uh, reminder to all our listeners, this segment is on every morning, Monday through Friday at 9.30 Central. You can call tomorrow if you didn't get your question on the air today. So thank you to Father Scott Trainer for stopping in and joining us today. Up next, Brenda Wills will share how God brought her back to the Catholic faith during Inspired, sharing your journey. And later, hear about a trek across eastern South Dakota from Father Terry Anderson and Father Mark Lichter. You are listening to Real Presence Live. I'm Heather Caro, and Joe Rutten ran away from the table. <laughs> We're broadcasting this morning from Mount Marty College in Yankton, South Dakota. We'll be back in just a few minutes.